Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hey, welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. And in today's episode, this is actually part two of a three-part series I'm doing on communication. And this particular talk is titled Identifying Your Real Love Language, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But even though this is a standalone podcast, like you could just listen to this and you don't need the previous podcast to understand what I'm saying here, um, let me just refresh your memory real quick or um, let me just kind of summarize what that first one was about. If you haven't heard the first one, you really should listen to it. But basically what I did in the first one is I tried to help us understand what it really means to be an authentic person or to be in a relationship that is honest and open and transparent. In other words, the relationship that we all say we want. We talked about what that really means, and it means to reveal your inner truth. It means to make yourself known. And we talked about the fact that intimacy is knowing and being known, and we even used a little playful example from the Bible uh, with Adam and Eve when it said that they were in the garden, you know, they were in paradise, and they were naked and unashamed. And we sort of pointed out that that's what real unconditional love is, is that when you're, you're naked before someone, when there's no secrets, there's, you're not hiding anything, you're laid bare, you're wide open, um, there's no withholding, there's no hiding, no pretending, none of that. It's like, I'm naked. What you see is what you get. Um, and being in that atmosphere where there's no shame about that, where you're loved for who you are and you love the other person for their warts and all. We said, that's what we all really long for. But most of us don't, most of us aren't revealers. We're too scared to really let the other person know our inner thoughts and our real feelings and our body sensation, our wants and our worries and our wonderings and our confusion and our loneliness and our insecurity and our neuroticness and our neediness and right we we often redact ourselves and only show or give the information to another person that we think will help them like us. We, we, we sort of want to withhold the part that we think might get us judged or even rejected. So we end up playing games. We end up playing this game of what can I let them know and I can't let them know that and, and all that. And so the whole first episode was pointing that dynamic out and yet showing that playing those kind of games that we all do, um, it does cost us. And I walked through five different ways that dating in the conventional way, you know, relating in the conventional way by, you know, putting out an image and not letting people know what 
you're really feeling or really thinking about them or about yourself and or about your relationship or about what you want or and what you're worried about and so forth. Um, the conventional way is to hide that stuff and to be strategic about what you say and how much you reveal because in an effort to try to control the outcome, you don't, you don't, you don't want to get rejected and you don't want to be judged. And so I'll say this, but I'm not going to tell them about that. And so you're playing a game when you do that. And I said, there was that, that's normal. That's what, that's what everybody does. But everybody's relationships suck, right? I mean, the conventional way doesn't work. Look around. Look at your own life. Uh, look at my history. Because I played all those games. I was a master of delusion and a master of pretending and a master of playing games. It's just I wanted women to like me. So I tried to figure out what can I tell them about myself that they will feel attracted to and what should I not say that they might not be attracted to or they might misunderstand or they might judge me or they might run out the door, right? It's just natural. It's the, it's the ego. It's what the ego does. The ego is just trying to survive. It's, the ego is trying to get what it wants and it will do anything to get what it wants. You have an ego. I have an ego. But there are costs to living that way. And so I pointed out the five different things that really cost you if you want to relate in all the conventional ways and play the games. And and, and, and I want to just say, please don't tell me you don't play games. You know, if you if you if you think that you don't, that's only because you haven't listened to the last episode. You listen to the last episode, you're like, oh, well, if that's what you mean by playing games, then yes, I play games. Um, so I just want to refer you to that. Go back and listen to that if you haven't, because um, it will kind of clear that up. But now, what I want to get into is, well, let me just let me t- let me give you a little window into my experience as a coach, okay? And I could also say a little window into the way I talked to my coach back in the day, okay? So here are some things that my clients have asked my advice about recently. And, and, and these are things that I know I asked my coach about in the day. But these are just some things that my clients have asked about me recently. Um, quote, Roy, I've been on a couple dates with a guy. I really like him. But both times, he's drank a lot. I'm really uncomfortable with it. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who drinks a lot and maybe has a problem. How do I handle that, Roy? Okay? Another one. Roy, I've been out with this guy twice. I like him, really like him a lot. But he wants to take our profiles down and see each other exclusively. And I'm not ready for that yet. What should I say to him? Here's another one. Roy, because of my divorce and a recent job change, I'm financially strapped. Uh, but I've just met someone. And I'd like to take her to some nice places and do some fun things with her. But I just can't afford it right now. How do I tell her that? Or... Roy, I met this guy. We have incredible chemistry. (laughs) But since I've been burned in the past by having sex too soon, 
I want to wait for at least a couple of months. Roy, how should I handle that? The last one. Roy, my best friend is setting me up with one of his wife's girlfriends. And I'm really looking forward to meeting her. But even though my marriage is long over, the divorce isn't final yet, and it's really ugly and contentious. My kids are having a really hard time too. In other words, my life is a mess. What do I tell her? Can you feel those? Can you feel the authenticity there, the, the honesty, the, the confusion, the conundrum of you know, what they're asking me? Right? Then there's nothing funny about those. Those are real life situations, and I could have given you a hundred others just like it. You know, they're they're real life. They're people genuinely confused and at a loss as to how to handle such situations. So they ask me what to do or what to say. And I never answer. <laughs> Roy, you're a great coach. No, I never answer those questions. In fact, not only do I not answer their questions, I usually turn it around and I ask a question of my own. I'll say, what are you really asking me? Now, this confuses the person. You know, what do you mean, what am I really asking you? Isn't it obvious? I want to know how to tell someone that I'm confused about their, I'm concerned about their drinking or that I'm not ready to be exclusive or that I'm broke or that I'm not ready for sex or that my life is a mess. And my answer is always the same. That's not what you're really asking me. You want to know how to control the other person's response. You're asking me how to control the outcome of telling them that. Don't kid yourself. You know what to say. You just said it to me. You beautifully articulated your thoughts and feelings and wants and worries. So you know exactly what to say. You want to know what you want to know is how to say it in a way that allows you to control the situation. How to control the person's response. That's the real question you're asking me, right? Now, this is a critical point to understand about communication. Right? We can't play the victim by saying, I don't know what to say. Of course you know what to say. We're just afraid of what might happen if we say it. Right? Okay, for example, let's go back. The scenario that you're out with someone and you really like them, but you're uncomfortable with how much they drink. You know, I was asked, how do you handle that, Roy? Well, it's easy. Just say, I really like you, but I'm uncomfortable with how much you drink. I'm scaring myself because I'm making up a story that you might have a drinking problem and I'm unwilling to be in a relationship with someone like that. Boom. Well, wait a minute. Every word of that is your inner truth, isn't it? Because you just told me. So every word of that is your inner truth. You are sitting across from them as they pound another drink, and you really are uncomfortable with how much they're drinking. You might even have some body sensations of queasiness in your stomach or a little pressure in your chest, or you might even notice your breath is not very open, and you are scared. Because you do have a story in your head, oh, they might have a drinking problem. And you're also thinking, I'm unwilling to be with someone like that. Every word of that is your inner truth. So why not look them in the eye and just say, you know, 
and just say it. Well, it's obvious, right? You like him and you're afraid if you get naked like that, he'll think you're controlling and judgmental and you'll never see him again. Let me give you a quote from Jeff Foster because I want you guys to all understand that this radical honesty and this radical openness, this radical revealing of sharing your inner truth is just not my crazy idea, right? So Jeff Foster is one of my favorite spiritual teachers. He wrote this, to be honest means to tell the truth without expectation, without aiming for a particular result. Honesty means telling the truth and being willing to experience everything that follows. Now, most of us want to be honest people. Most of us want to be in a, in a relationship with someone who's honest. And we might even pride ourselves on, I'm an honest person. Well, real honesty means you would say that to someone without aiming for any particular outcome, without really caring about how it's received. It's just your inner truth. You're just, I'm sitting over here and I'm watching you have your third drink in a half an hour. And over here, man, I'm uncomfortable right now. I feel kind of tightness in my chest. And I notice I'm having thoughts that you might have a drinking problem. And I'm also thinking, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that's got a drinking problem. If you want to be an honest person, if you if you want an authentic relationship, you got to say that. If you want to be a revealer and not a concealer, you have to say it. But why don't we say that? It's because we are afraid of what might follow. They might, how dare you judge me, bitch? And they might walk away. Or they might throw the drink in your face. Or they might start crying. Or they might get angry. Or they might say, you know, you're right. I do have a problem. Well, I don't think that's a problem. I drink a lot. Deal with it. I mean, you don't, that's the point. You don't know what's going to happen. You're trying to control because you do like them. You follow me? If you didn't like him, you wouldn't even you, you wouldn't be there. Okay. So that example, it's the same for all of them that I just shared. Just speak your inner truth. I'm not ready to be exclusive, and I'm afraid you won't want to keep seeing me because of that. Or you say, I don't have the money to take you to nice places, and I'm worried you'll think I'm a loser. Just live out loud. What could be easier? Well, but we don't do that because we're afraid of what might happen if we do. So you will never have a deeply satisfying and sustainable relationship, intimate or otherwise, if fear is your real love language. <laughs> right? You know, there's the book, The Five Love Languages, right? I'm not into that book. I think it's codependent and it's philosophy and it's all like that. But we do have love languages and there's only two of them. And one of them is fear ease. <laughs> you can speak, speak Japanese or Chinese or Portuguese. You can speak in fear ease, right? Does that make sense? What's coming out of your mouth is governed by fear. You're trying to control, you're concealing, you're worried about hurting someone's feelings, you're worried about what they might think of you, 
They're worried that you were, they might reject you, you know. They're worried they might not like you because of what you're revealing to them. So the motivation behind what you're saying is fear. Do you follow me? So in this podcast, I just want to briefly talk about there are two motivations behind what we say. One is fear. The other one, I it's a difficult it's a difficult to try to get a word to describe it. But I like the word trust. You can speak from a place of trust. You can you will if you're coming from a place of trust, you will reveal. If you're coming from a place of fear, you're going to conceal and you're going to play games and you're going to redact yourself and you're going to edit yourself and you're going to share what you think will help you get what you want and you won't share what you think might keep you from getting what you want. You're going to be controlling. You're going to be trying to manipulate the outcome and how a person feels about you and how they see you and what they think of you and all that. So you can come, you can be motivated in your love life and in your communication and and really get this. It's so simple. It really is this black and white. Everything that comes out of your mouth, everything, I don't care if you're talking to your boss or your kids or your siblings, girlfriend, boyfriend, intimate partners, whatever, underneath what you're saying, it's either coming from a place of trust or it's coming from a place of fear. It it really is the truth. All right. So I want to share something with you. And in my book, I have a diagram. Okay. It's like on page 200 in my book. Um, I'm going to, this is, this is audio, right? So I'm going to describe this to you. And maybe if you get my book relationship bootcamp someday, then you can see this diagram, but maybe you can visualize in your head, or if you're in a place where you can write it down, maybe you can jot this down, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a a diagram I want to describe to you. And then the title of it is the real love languages. Okay. (laughs) Cause this podcast is like identifying your real love language and the subtitle is the, the true motives that govern what we say. That's our real love language. We can either speak in trust ease or fear ease. That's our actual language. Now forget about you, you like gifts or acts of service or you know sexual activity or uh, okay, that, that, listen to my podcast if you're interested in my perspective on the five love languages and so forth. But in reality, there's only two love languages. And one is fear ease and the other one is trust ease. So this diagram, I have that title. And then I've got trust and fear as the titles of two columns. Like, so imagine two vertical columns. At the top of one, it says trust. At the top of the other, it says fear. Okay? So let's talk about the love language that we all speak. Okay, it's the it's the language of the ego. It's because the ego is fear. That's what it is. It's it's yeah. It's just the fear of surviving, the fear of getting approval. It's the fear of being safe. It's the fear of you know being in control. It's the fear of feeling disconnected. The ego is just one big lump of fear. This is what it basically is. So when we're in ego. And, and, you know, come on, who, who's not? 
right? I mean, we're working towards awakening from this because we can choose to opt out. We, we can learn a new language, okay? So um, just like you can learn to speak Japanese or Chinese or like my brother's learning to speak Italian, you can learn a new language. But our most, the most, you know, we all speak fear ease, okay? Um, that is just the, the language, I had to clear my throat there. <coughs> See, I don't edit these podcasts. I just be real with you. And I was just gagging on myself there and had to drink something. So, all right. So you've got this diagram you can visualize in your head, right? The real love languages. There's two columns, trust and fear. And now talk about the fear column. When you're coming from fear, when you're speaking in that love language, I wrote a word under fear, and that word is you conceal. Like a turtle that withdraws, you know, and hides its head when it's scared. So we withdraw and we hide when we're scared. We can do this by outright lying, you know, but more likely it shows up in the form of withholding or concealing our inner truth. And we do it to avoid a negative result, be it ridicule, rejection, or retaliation even. But if you... So fear causes you to conceal. But then secondly, under conceal, I have the word control. Because if you, if you look closely now, you'll see that we conceal in order to control. The reason we hide and we present an image or withhold our inner truth is to control the relationship and to avoid some sort of perceived negative outcome. Okay? I've talked quite a bit about that, and that's what all my clients were asking me in those examples I gave at the beginning. They were asking me, Roy, how can I control my partner's or my person I'm dating or this other person's response to me? How can I say it in a way to control how they hear it and what they do with it? (laughs) Okay? No judgment there. We all do this shit. It's just... It's so normal, but it just leads to drama Um, because what happens is under the word, so it's fear leads to conceal, leads to control, which means then you have to calculate, right? You, you You have to spend a lot of energy and effort calculating what to say, how to say it, when to say it, if you should say it at all, and what will happen if you do say it, or what might happen if you don't say it. It's exhausting to speak from fear. But that's the game we're forced to play when fear is our love language. You can never let your guard down and just be real. You can never simply relax and just be authentic because you're too scared about what might happen. Therefore, you have to figure out who you need to be and what you need to say or not say in order to control the situation. Right? You got to be up in your head imagining various scenarios, calculating the possible outcome. Roy, if I tell them what I'm thinking, they'll think I'm crazy and probably walk away. Uh, If I reveal my feelings, they would think I'm needy and desperate and I'd probably never hear from them again. If I were to actually say what I wanted, they would think I'm selfish and reject me. If I told them that what they said hurt my feelings, they think I was overly sensitive and high maintenance and they'd be turned off. If If I said I felt angry because they were late, I'd offend them, and this would probably be the last time we ever have a date. Right? That's all the stuff going on in your head. Like, oh my God. It's so, it's so much effort. It's so much work. 
But what if you decided fear was not going to run your life and instead chose trust as the force that governs the way you relate and communicate? What would happen then? What would happen if you said, I'm just not going to operate by fear? I'm not going to conceal in order to control and then have to calculate and figure out what to say and what not to say and exhaust myself and play those games. What if I just say, I'm out of that. I'm out. I don't want to play that game. I want to come from trust. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean to speak the language of trust? All right, so to be governed or motivated by trust means that you're coming from the highest or deepest part of your being, not your ego. It means that you're relating and communicating from a part of you that already feels safe, whole, and complete. It's the part of you that feels imperturbable and unafraid of being judged or rejected. It's the place in you that feels the oneness of life. It's the place in you that knows that you are rooted and sourced and secure in the ground of being. Do you follow me with that? When you're coming from trust, it's like you don't have fear. You're just not afraid of being rejected because you know who you are and you're grounded in something that's much deeper than that person's response to me. Right? And you're, 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 you're just coming from that part of you that that already feels safe, that knows it can handle rejection, right? That's just unafraid of somebody's judgment, right? So believe it or not, that place exists in you, (laughs) in me too. It really does exist in us. It's always there, just on the other side of that fear. And when you're coming from that place, you naturally and fearlessly reveal So now here's the other column in the diagram. Now we're starting with trust. When you're coming from trust, you naturally and fearlessly just reveal. Like, why wouldn't you? You have nothing to lose. You know, because you're whole and complete unto yourself, you don't need someone's love and acceptance. You already are loved and accepted. Therefore, you're totally free to just get naked and be real. You follow me? You'd be like a billionaire playing the lottery. Okay, I love this analogy. <laughs> Imagine a billionaire playing the lottery. Right now, at first glance, he would say, well, Bill Gates doesn't play the lottery because he's already got more money than he would even win. But just imagine now, if you were wildly rich, you wouldn't play the lottery because you need an outcome. Right? You'd buy a ticket only because it's fun to play and you want to see what happens. (laughs) Likewise, when you recognize that spiritually you are a billionaire, you don't seek a specific outcome. There's no need to get someone to love and accept you because you already are. From this awareness, you relate and you communicate truthfully because it's fun to buy a ticket and see what happens. (laughs) You get that? It's like, I'm already free. I'm already loved and accepted. I'm already one with life. I don't need a relationship. I don't need you. I'd love to be close to someone. I'd love to share my life with someone. But I'm not lonely. I'm, I'm one with life. I'm, right? I'm, I'm whole and complete unto myself. I'm, I'm grounded in the ground of being. You say, well, why would I want a relationship? 
Why, you know, well, because it's fun. It's fun to play with another person. It's fun to see what happens. So you'll be like, I'm going to go on this date because I don't need an outcome. Because everything I think a relationship would give me, I already have it. Like, I'm going to play the lottery, even though I've got billions. I don't, I don't, there's, I don't need an outcome. I don't care what happens. But I'm going to play, I'm going to buy a ticket and just, just for fun. Let's, let's see what happens. So I'm going to go on this date and I'm going to, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be naked. I'm just going to sit there and reveal who I am to this guy or to this girl. Because it's just, let's just see what happens when I do that. Because I don't need them to like me. I always tell my clients, if you want to be in the highest place you can be, if you want to be truly free to be yourself on a date, as you're walking into the room to meet them or to be with them or the restaurant or the bar or wherever it is, just tell yourself, I'm already loved. I'm already accepted. I'm already married to life. I'm already one. I don't need this person's response to me. I don't need them to like me. I'm just releasing myself from any effort to try to get them to like me. So without that, you just walk in there and say, I don't need to redact myself. I don't need to pretend. I don't need to calculate what to say and what not to say. I'm just going to, I'm going to blurt. I'm going to blurt my truth moment to moment. And if they like that, if they like what they hear, they like when I show them, if I'm naked with them and they like what they see when I'm naked, well, I guess we're going to have another date. (laughs) But if they don't like it, oh, well, that's okay. I guess we're not a good fit. But there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with them. They just don't like what they see. But I don't need the relationship anyway. Right? I mean... I'm open to one. I would love to share my life with someone. But on a deeper level, I'm already in a relationship. I'm already married to life. And so there's no neediness in me. There's no desperation. There's no loneliness. There's none of that. Right? So it's like being a billionaire playing the lottery. (laughs) You play just because it's fun. Let's just see what happens. Now imagine going on a date and being that free where you could just sit there and if you're looking at that person and you're like, in your head, you're thinking, wow, are they beautiful. My God, I really want to have a second date with this person. I already know it. It's only been 30 seconds. Just say it. What the fuck? Just say it. Say, I know it's been 30 seconds, but I'm over here thinking, man, I hope we have a second date because you're, you're beautiful. <laughs> you know? They might, oh, they might, they might interpret that as needy or, or I'm moving too fast or, uh, you know, what? who cares? Right. See, when you're when you're coming from trust, you don't care how they hear it. It's just your truth. (laughs) It's it's what I'm thinking. Right, wrong, good or bad. That's what I'm thinking. And so I'm just going to tell you, that's what I'm thinking over here. I'm just this is what's happening in Royville. I want to let you in on what's going on over here. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm good either way. If you do. Oh, then maybe we're in business. Right? Do you see that? But see, when you're coming from fear, you're not free. You're scared. You're worried. You're you're having to you're having to calculate. Um, you're having to conceal because ultimately you're trying to control everything because you don't feel like a spiritual billionaire. You feel spiritually impoverished. Impoverished. 
you feel separate. You feel lonely. You feel like you're not connected to life. You don't feel like you're married to life. You don't feel like you are loved and accepted and seen and wanted already. And that's the real work that I want to do with my clients is not help them how to find somebody who will make you feel loved and accepted. <laughs> You'll never find someone to do that for you all the time. I want to help you recognize that you already are loved and accepted, that you already are in a relationship. You are already one with life because when you see that, then you will be the most free, authentic, alive human being on the planet. And nothing is sexier than that. You know, when you're just there because you want to have fun and you have no pretense about you and you're not faking it and you're just, you're just at ease, you're, you're comfortable in your own skin, you're not playing games, everybody wants to date that person. That's the most attractive you'll ever be. And that attractiveness comes from the inner realization that you're already loved and accepted, that you're already one with life. And so if you're hearing this podcast, that's the part I want you to say, ooh, I want to work with Roy to help me, help me grow in that recognition. I don't want to work with Roy so he can help me find a partner per se. Because when I'm coming from, I need to find a partner, I need to find a partner, and I'm, you know, well, then you're, you're going to be in a place of fear. You're going to be in a, you're going to be coming from that place. Do, do you follow me? I mean, I, I want to help my, my, my clients find a partner, but I'm more interested in helping you find that place of trust inside of you from which to pursue them, right? You can be in the pursuit of intimacy from fear, or you can be in the pursuit of intimacy from trust. And they are completely different ways of doing it. They sound different. You say different things. You do different things. Right? You're just more playful. You're more alive. You're more relaxed. You're, you know, there's no, most of my, the, my guy clients that I coach and deal with, they just are, they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid to ask a girl. I just had a client that didn't, he, there's this girl at work and they have a little bit of a relationship and he was afraid to ask her out because he's like, I, I know I'm not good enough for her. I, I, I know that she, she's not going to like me. I'm like, dude, you already decided for her. What do, you, what do you mean? How do you know that? You don't know that. That's just your own junk. You're projecting it onto her. Why don't you ask her if she'll go out with you? Then you'll find out if she thinks you're unlovable or not good enough. Right? I mean, but see, that's the stuff that gets in the way. That's what makes men fearful to approach someone or to take a risk and walk up to someone like in a Starbucks and just walk up and say, wow, I... I might never see you again, and that would be a shame. So I wanted to come over and just say, hello, my name is Roy, because you're beautiful, right? Most guys, I, I suggest they do that when they see someone out in public. Say, listen, this might not be the right time, I don't know, but I might never meet you ever again, and that would be a shame. So I just wanted to come over and take a shot and just say, hey, my name is, my name is Roy. I, I just think that you're an interesting person. I wanted to say hello. Who knows what they'll say? If you're coming from trust, you don't care because you're already free. You're like, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance. I'm because if you reject me, it, it like, it goes right through me. It's like, 
No, I'm, I'm already accepted and loved. I, your rejection isn't going to, it's, I won't like it, but it's not going to hurt. It's just like, whatever. It's like, oh, she had, maybe she's got a boyfriend. Maybe she's gay. Maybe she just doesn't like my color of hair. Maybe I'm too tall or too short. Who knows? Who cares? Right? So most men are so afraid of rejection, they don't take chances. And if you don't take a chance, because most women aren't going to want to ask you out. I mean, some will, but most of the time for guys, if you want something to happen with a woman, you're going to have to ask. Oh, but what if she says no? Uh, no, right? That's because you're coming from fear. And then you're going to say some goofy line. You're going to try to come up with something that you think she'll like to hear. Now you're in your head calculating. What do I say? And Because you're trying to control how she feels about you. Do you see the nightmare it becomes? But do you see that if you're grounded in the ground of being, if you do your spiritual work, right? If you, if you recognize really who you are, that you're, you're spiritually a billionaire and you really begin to feel that in your body, it's not like intellectual. It's not a, a doctrine you believe because you went to church or something or, um, or because the Bible says so. It's not a head thing. It's a deep in your gut knowing that you are one with life, that you are married already, that you could never be more loved and accepted than you are right now. It's just impossible. You're filled. You're filled with the spirit. You're filled with life, right? And then from there, it's like, man, I'm free to reveal. And in that, in that column, it's trust makes you reveal in order to relate. When you reveal, you're actually able to relate because when you're concealing, you're not relating. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not a relationship. It's some sort of game, right? You're showing an image and they're in love with an image or they're responding to an image, but it's not a real, you're not really relating with them. You can't really relate with someone if you're not true about your inner experience. If you're not revealing, if you're not naked, you're never in a real relationship, but when you're coming from trust, you reveal in order to relate, and it's a risk. Yeah, there's a risk. Because they might not like what you reveal. They might not like what they see when you're naked. But then again, when you're really coming from trust, there really is no risk. What's, what am I risking? You don't like me. So what? There's 8 billion people on the planet. That one doesn't like you and now you're not going to be able to sleep for a week? Seriously. We take people's rejection and we make it mean so much. It's just another person that says, I don't want to go out with you. I mean, who knows why they don't want to go out with you? Maybe you, maybe there's something you're wearing or some facial feature or something reminds you of an uncle and they hate their uncle. I mean, who knows what chemistry, real, what, what real chemistry is about? You know what I mean? I mean, who knows why two people are attracted to each other? I can, I can, look, at, I can look at two movie stars and they're both beautiful and say, well, that one I feel, I, 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 kinda, I feel attracted to her. But like, for instance, um, Cameron Diaz just doesn't do it for me. Is she beautiful? Hell yeah. <laughs> but she just doesn't do it for me. Jennifer Aniston? Or Drew Barrymore? Oh my God. Okay, so figure that out. You can't figure it out. Who knows why I feel that way? But if I, if I reject, you know, if Cameron Diaz hits on me, which is, you know, it's quite likely. 
if Cameron Diaz hits on me and I reject her, should she take that personal? Should she be upset because I don't want to go out with her? It's got nothing to do with her. Right? I mean, really, it's not about her. It's just, it's just, I'm not attracted. You know what I mean? So, but we can't be this free when we're wrapped up in ego and we're scared and we we're coming from fear. And so we conceal in order to control. And then we have to calculate, but we can shift. We can do the work. And that's what I do as a coach. We can do the work of shifting from fear and learning a new language to speak in trust ease so that we can reveal in order to relate. And there's a risk, but there isn't really a risk because I'm already one with life and nothing really bad can happen to me. I'm really not vulnerable. Right now, if my life is hidden in the universe, if, if it's, as the Christians say, if your life is hidden in Christ, it's an actual verse in the Bible, then what can hurt you? <laughs> Why would I be afraid of rejection? Why would I be afraid of their judging me? Why don't I just live, live the truth, love who I am, reveal who I am, Live nakedly. And if you don't like it, all right, you don't like it. Whatever. It, it, but, I'm, but I know I'm loved already. I know that I'm, I am love. I'm made of love. I'm, I'm already accepted. I don't need your approval. Byron Katie, one of my favorite spiritual teachers, <laughs> she said this one time. Now, now, listen to this real closely. She said this. She said, if I had a prayer, Okay, she said, if I was going to pray, I would say, God, deliver me from the need for love, approval, or appreciation. Amen. Now, why would she say that? Why would she pray to God, take away the need for love and approval and appreciation? Because she knows that if I need those things, it'll fuck up the way I interact with people. I'll come from fear. And then I'll start to conceal in order to control and I'll have to calculate and figure out what to say and how to manipulate and how to get what I want. But if I, if I recognize I don't need love, I am love. If I don't need approval, I am approved of. If, if, if I can rest in that, well, <laughs> now I can just be free. I can be playful. I can be myself. And that's when you're the most attractive, when you're not scared. Now, this transformation from, from learning the language of trust, of fear ease, which we all speak fluently, to learning to speak fluent trust ease is what the spiritual journey is really about. And it's really what I love to get involved in with my clients because that's the bot, that's the underlying thing that creates all the fruits that you might want to see in your life. That's the deepest root issue. Are you coming from fear or are you coming from trust? And most of us come from fear. We have moments. We might have moments where we feel really trusting and really open. But if we're honest, including me too, I'm no enlightened being here, okay? If we're honest, we are wrapped up in some level of trust. We feel scared. We feel triggered. We feel reactive. You know, and we are, 
if you don't know that you're a control freak, then you haven't really looked at yourself. I mean, you're always trying to control everything. You're trying to control your own feelings. You're trying to control your own wants. You're trying to control everybody around you. You want people to be a certain way. Your your ex-husband should be this, or your husband should be that, or your your boyfriend should be this way. And you have all these ideas about way, the way life should be, about the way everybody should behave. And it, it's just what the ego does. The ego is a controlling thing. It's a, yeah, that's what it is. And so the deepest work that we all need to do is to go underneath all the surface issues and say, what's really motivating my way of being in the world? When I wake up first thing in the morning, am I waking up saying, I'm so glad to be back from wherever I went when I was asleep. I'm so glad to be here, you know, I can't wait to see what happens because I'm trusting that whatever happens is going to be for my growth. It's going to be for, for my, my learning. It's going to make me a better person. It might be sad. It might be painful. It might not be pleasurable. It might be something that my mind doesn't like. I don't care. I'm trusting that everything that happens to, to me today is going to be exactly what I need for my growth. Now, what kind of attitude will you have when you go out on your date like that? Or do you wake up in the morning, and like one of my clients said, they, they wake up in the morning and they can't get out of bed. They feel so much anxiety. No judgment. I mean, that, that, that's not unusual to meet the day with fear. Like, oh, what's going to happen? And, and man, can I control things at work? And can I control this? I got this date tonight. What, are they going to like me? I mean, I don't, I, what should I wear? I got to be, because what I wear can send a message. And, and if I don't do that, and if I don't wear that, and... You know, I, I want to take him out. I don't want to spend too much money on the date because I don't want to give him that impression. So maybe I should take him here. You know, it, you see all the fear, the anxiety, the worry. That's because your whole life is coming from fear. Right? And again, this is true over here. I'm, I'm not pointing a finger like I've, I'm beyond this stuff. I get triggered with fears of money issues. And um, oh, I could tell you so many stories of how fear runs my life in terms of finances, in terms of my business, in terms of some relationships. It's there. Like the ego's always there, right? <laughs> you know, you never get rid of that thing. It's, just, it's, it's there. You can transcend it. You can sort of learn its racket and no longer pay attention to it. But the fear is kind of always there, right? You can, you can always sort of recognize um Oh, I'm afraid of what, you know, even myself, I've made some really growth strides in being candid, being transparent. But when I'm about to say something that I know could be taken, like if I'm about to say something to a client that I believe they need to hear to help them learn and grow and sort of wake up from a pattern they're in, I'm afraid they might quit working with me, that their feelings might be hurt, that they might tell me I'm an asshole or judge me. I feel that fear, but I'm grounded in enough trust to recognize, well, even if they do say that, that's okay. I mean, maybe I'll learn something from what they say, but I'm free. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to coach you. I'm going to, I'm going to call to attention what I believe is holding you back. And I'm not afraid of what you might say to me. So I'm a better coach when I'm not afraid. If I'm afraid, I'm going to have to figure out how do I say it to this person to not hurt their feelings. And now I'm getting all weird with my clients. 
and they don't want that, right? So I deal with this stuff. You deal with this stuff. I don't know if we ever achieve a place of full trust where fear is no longer a part of our experience. I, I never have. I don't. I don't know if anybody ever has. But I do know that we can really learn a new language. We can really let go of our, you know, native tongue, fear ease, and we can learn trustees. We can learn this. We can grow. We can grow substantially to where we just don't play games anymore. We're just not afraid of rejection or ridicule or retaliation. We're just free to just be who we are and be naked in the world. Okay? So what is your love language? Is it furies or trustees? And with our next podcast, I'm going to teach you how to talk. <laughs> like when you're speaking in trustees, I'm going to actually give you some techniques. Like what does it sound like? Can you give me some examples of what it would be like to speak from fear? Like I'm going to give you an example of a couple in an argument. They're both triggered about something. They're arguing. And the first example is what it sounds like, what the argument sounds like when they're both speaking from, from fear. And then I'm going to turn it around and have the same issue, the same argument, but both people are going to speak from trust. And so in a sense, you're going to learn how to talk. <laughs> you're going to learn how to speak unarguably. And until then, identify your love language moment to moment. And let me know if I can help you learn to speak in the language of trust. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. 